Parenting is a full-time job, and providing effective support for today's teens can be challenging. The Parent Engage 360 podcast aims to provide connections and information from experts in the fields of chemical health, mental health, internet safety, and more. It's a comprehensive view on parenting, provided in a personal, convenient format. Tune in to today's episode of the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. Hello, thank you for joining us. I'm Liz Burgard, Parent Involvement Coordinator. One of my friends said the other day that June is like Friday, July is like Saturday, and August is like Sunday. As we know, we are rounding out August and heading to the start of a new school year. To some of us, this might be super exciting, and to others, this may cause a little bit more stress. In today's podcast, we're going to hear from two phenomenal district principals. Joining us are Tom Shaw, principal of Coon Rapids Middle School, and Mike George, principal of Champlain Park High School. We're going to discuss transitioning from elementary to middle school and from middle school to high school. We know that this can be a good but hard and big change for a lot of students, and it can also be stressful. So I'm excited to hear what these two have to say and to learn a lot from them today. So hello, Mike and Tom. Hey, Liz. How you doing? Thanks for having us today. Hi, Mike. Hey, Liz. Hey, Tom. How you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. So we're going to get started. Tom, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your wonderful self? Yeah, I've been an educator for about 25 years. I've been in uh, both high school, but most of my time has been in middle school. And I was a teacher in middle school. I taught for about eight years in the middle school. And then I also have been a principal. I've been lucky enough to be a principal at Coon Rapids Middle School for 10 years. It's just been a great ride. And I love the middle learner. They're just awesome. So I appreciate the opportunity for you to highlight the middle school people today. Sometimes we have trouble getting in front of those high school guys. So I appreciate that opportunity. Mike, how about you? Well, yeah, I'm uh, proud to say I'm currently serving as the principal of Champlain Park High School. I'm starting my 12th year. Uh, I believe it's my 20th year in education, uh, 17th year, I believe, in administration. Really proud of our school community, and I'm proud to be here today coming both from the perspective of principal and educator, but also probably a little bit as a parent of children who've gone through the system. I've got two graduates and uh, one fifth grader who will be doing the middle school transition next year, elementary to middle school. And at the same time, I'll have a student going from eighth grade to ninth grade here at Champlain Park. So uh, excited to be here today. You have some big transitions happening in your family, it sounds like. As we know, our sixth graders will be new to the middle school, and many seventh graders might also feel like they are brand new, too, as last year they started out in hybrid. Tom, can you tell us a little bit about the middle school experience from the perspective of a new sixth grader? What are some of the things that might be different from elementary school, and what are the things that might be similar? Well, I'll tell you, I have a middle schooler in that position. He's going to be a seventh grader, and he hasn't been in his middle school very long. And at Coon Rapids Middle School this summer and at all the middle schools in Anoka Hennepin, we've really talked and we started with the great teachers we have. They're all transition experts. I mean, these teachers, transition is kind of what they base themselves in and are excited to kind of help kids out. Uh, One of the biggest transitions is, you know, they're going from two teachers a day to seven teachers a day, maybe nine teachers and some with the day one, day two schedule. So, you know, really giving those kids support for navigating different personalities in charge of seven different classrooms. That's, that's a tough thing, and kids need a lot of nurturing through that, walking to seven different classes. They also have a lot more unstructured time. You know, in uh, elementary school, for the most part, you're led a lot of places. You're led to lunch, and you're led out to recess and things like that. And then they get to the middle school, 
and suddenly they're going to lunch by themselves and they're going, they have four minutes of passing time and uh, they have a lot more freedom with their friends. And there's a lot of social emotional teaching that goes into that. You know, you can only stop at your locker probably once a day and, and you have to keep that talking to your friends to a minimum while you get to your next class and you have to be on time. And there's only 24 minutes for lunch. So if you're going on your own, you can't stop 42 times to, to talk to people or say hi to people and things like that. But our teachers and staff are so good that by the time we kind of go through those first couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of months, uh, kids feel right at home. And we're a pretty big building, and that's still the case. Also, in many middle schools, we have great schedulers. Gretchen Johnson's a scheduler here at Coon Rapids Middle School, and we schedule our classes close together. So though kids have to transition, you know, seven times, their classes are very close. And all of the Anoka Hennepin schools do a really good job of keeping the sixth graders close together. You're just bringing back so many memories of all of the things with your locker, but making sure that all your books are in your backpack and you know which ones you need for the beginning of the day and the end of the day. It is a big change from elementary to when you go to middle school, but I do know that you guys do a really great job of helping students to feel supported at Coon Rapids Middle and at all of the middle schools in the district to really feel like they don't skip a beat when they start at a new school. And Liz, you're younger than I am, so maybe you have better you have better experience, but Oh, thanks, Tom. <laughs> you know, another big transition for our kids is they're going to have Chromebooks for the first time. That's true. And we're buying them carry cases, but there's a whole new sense of responsibility and just digital citizenship we have to teach with a kid that has a Chromebook in front of them all day. So you know, all that social emotional teaching is what our staff are experts at, but this year we'll be learning right with the kids when those Chromebooks come in and a lot of the classroom stuff is on Chromebooks. So, And I found too that a lot of times kids know more than we do about technology and Chromebooks, so they'll probably teach us as well. Absolutely. Mike, how about from the middle school to the high school perspective? I know that middle school and high school have a lot of things in common. Are there any things that you want to add to what Tom had to say? You know, uniquely, when uh, students come to the high school, they actually have fewer transitions and fewer teachers that they'll be working with as we do not have an A, B day schedule. And certainly with that also comes some additional flexibilities. There's a little bit more passing time. Our kids have seven minutes. They have a little bit more leeway with things like a dress code policy with regard to hats and things of that nature. And so we know that kids, as they transition through our system, are going to be transitioning towards more and more adulthood, right? And so that's part of that process of getting them prepared for life when they leave us here, right? And that's not just the choices of academics and their classes they take on a daily basis, but whether or not they're going to stop and speak for six and a half minutes at the lockers and speed to their class for the next 30 seconds, or if they're going to get there early and to be early is to be on time, sort of a concept. And then certainly with dress and hats and, and other things, and part of that comes with our districts really our push to allow students to be who they are when they come to our spaces. And then with regard to just transitions, you know, we have, as Principal Shaw said, the transition, our teachers are amazing. You know, we've got people who are going to be here with open arms. We love to welcome our students early. You know, the web program at the middle school and, and the, the link program at the high schools are a gateway to really get our new family members access to the school early. And uh, it just gives them a chance to access transportation and then meet with their junior and senior mentors. And it's really proven to be a great opportunity for our students to experience the high school a week before coming here. 
it's a little bit frightening when you stand on one end of the school at Champlain Park. It's a little unique. If you've ever been to the State Fair, you can stand at one end and look down the hallway and it looks a bit like you're at the State Fair with a, a sea of people coming. But the way that our school is laid out and the fact that kids have a chance to experience school before the masses come here, both on a link crew perspective and during an open house perspective, is something that is really helpful in our transition. And I've experienced that both as a parent of kids going from elementary to middle school in this district. Our middle schools have done a phenomenal job with my three children who've made that transition, as well as the schools, the high schools that uh, my students have transitioned. I had one transition to Coon Rapids High School from Coon Rapids Middle School, and, and the other that's a graduate has transitioned from Jackson Middle School to Champlain Park and through Champlain Park. So also, one of the unique things that I was going to say about both of your schools is, luckily, Coon Rapids Middle School is adjacent to Coon Rapids High School. And then also Jackson Middle School, you can see Champlain Park across the street. So it is kind of nice. I have seen oftentimes where the high school students come over to the middle school to do some volunteering or to help out as well. So that's a unique thing about both of your locations is that you guys do work closely with either the high school that's close to you or the middle school as well to really bridge that gap. Yeah, and one of the things I'm real proud of that in all the middle schools and high schools have a dynamic where they partner with each other well is we have our eighth graders go over for their first pep fest, their last part of their eighth grade year. And when they go over to the high school, the appreciation they have for the amazing programs and things that they showcase at that last pep fest at Coon Rapids High School, it's a great example of we're constantly in partnership we're trying to make these transitions. And I like what Mike said, I have eight feeder schools in my system. And some of the schools are about four or 500 kids. And they're going to a building of 1,600. And then they're going to another building of 25 to 2,700. And each time their world gets bigger and bigger. And one of the things that crosses all our systems is we're teaching kids to be good advocates for themselves. So they're moving up in size and we have to really help them learn how to ask for help, whether that's academic help, even if you're the best student in the world, having that skill to go to your teacher and say, hey, I need a second chance learning opportunity, or is there something after school? I think that carries all the way through the high school. I think the high school are working with kids that are maybe a little better at it at times in middle school, but I think that advocacy teaching is constantly going on in all of our buildings. So I just want to make sure I got that in there too, is if you're a parent or a guardian sitting at home, you know, sitting down and talking with your child about, this is a big transition, but if you speak up for yourself, these are people that want to listen to your voice and want to hear you. But sometimes they're just busy and you just need to tap them on the shoulder and give them a reminder. But when we see kids really be successful at the middle school level, that's one of the things you see is that they're really learning to step forward and say, hey, I need some help right now. I need some support. Or can you help me find this? And uh, those kids tend to do really well. I like that point. It kind of leads right into our next question. Can either of you or both of you talk about supports that are available for students? I think that it is really important for students to be able to advocate for themselves and to ask, but maybe when they're coming into sixth grade, they don't have that skill yet or know that they need to do that. So are there additional supports at either the middle school or the high school that can really help our students as they transition into the new building? Yeah, well, there are a ton of supports, right? And I would say, you know, Tom mentioned this really early in his first comments, and elementary students are specifically really used to this as having a really strong relationship with their teacher, right? That most of the time, our teachers are the really the first line of resource for our students, and we've got really caring staff. But there are layers beyond that, right? As you get into the middle school and high school level, and some of it depends on the structure of your middle school, but we've got 
counselors who are here to support both academic and social emotional needs at the high school level. We have a social worker who's uh, full-time on staff. We have student achievement advisors who are here to help support students and their needs. And we, of course, we have administrators, uh, house office secretaries. You know, the first line of defense typically for a family is calling that secretary, right? And so they are lifesavers with regard to helping support families. And Tom Shaw knows this, the the people who really run the school are the teachers and the principal secretaries, right? And so we have amazing resources. We also have school-based mental health staff that are employed full-time in our buildings to support families who have needs as well. And that's that's not including all of the other services that are available through groups and clubs and the other things that come as a byproduct of really getting involved in our school. And I believe that Tom and, and myself and the other principals have a common belief in that we don't ever want our kids to attend our schools. We want them to belong, right? And you don't generate that sense of involvement and belonging unless you are getting involved in the school and taking advantage and accessing the the resources that we have available. Yeah. And I, I would jump in to say, Mike is right about all the support. And sometimes those supports for families, there's a lot to choose from. They might even be at first glance, overwhelming, but all our staff and all the Noka Hennepin staff are trained. If you go to any caring adult and our adults are trained to get you to the right person, we really were teaching kids, don't be overwhelmed. Just find a caring adult and develop that relationship with them. We have advisory in the middle school. That's really the role of advisory is that first contact to that caring adult. And it serves it well in terms of kids have a non-academic connection with an adult to say, hey, can you help me? I'm, I'm registering for high school from the middle school. I don't know who to talk to. Do I go to the high school? And we have people here that will say, no, I got you, kid. We care about you. Let's get you to the guidance office. And a school counselor can help you out. We've invested in our district in a lot of resources for a lot of different challenges or support that kids needs. And, and it could be high-level academic support right over to maybe some you know, mental health support during the day or things like that. So super proud of that. And, and I think where families sometimes can use some help is just taking that first step to just talk to someone in the school. I know a lot of times, and just speaking very plainly about when a frustrated parent comes to me, one of the common threads is, you know, they haven't talked to anybody yet and they haven't partnered with somebody. And as soon as we develop with that partnership, we're not perfect, but eventually we'll get to the place where we're serving the family's needs and serving the kids' needs and things usually get a lot better. So. I like the point that you made about caring adults. I do feel like once students find that caring adult and really feel connected to someone in the building, that makes the school experience so much more beneficial and so much deeper. And I know the staff in Okanapin really try and make those connections with students each and every day. What are different ways that students can be involved? A lot of times they maybe come to the high school level because they've played baseball their whole way through, or they come to middle school and maybe want to try a ski club through community ed. What are some different ways that students can be involved with different clubs or activities that are happening at your schools? Well, I'll say the beauty of middle school community ed and clubs and things like that is the investment is low and you can try a lot of things out. You know, high school sports, I mean, I look at Mike's beautiful new weight room. I mean, it's it's pretty big time. It's pretty awesome. It is. Yep. And we have nice facilities here, but the starting point is much more of a try it kind of thing. So community does, does a great job. We have ping pong, we have basketball, we have bowling, we have different opportunities that kids can take advantage of. And then I got to give a shout out to the high schools where we have cross country runners in the high schools that just do a great job. 
you know, it's not very many kids, but a few kids that swim and do cross country and do things like that, that partner with the high schools and you get kind of a neat relationship there. Being involved in middle school, we have an anime club after school. If you can dream it, we can make it. And we've had really different things at the middle school level. And we're lucky because I think sometimes when kids get to high school, you know, things are just program wise, just so different and they're getting jobs and they have girlfriends and boyfriends and things like that. Just life becomes different. And here there's a lot more of just, if I want to go to anime group or I want to stay after school and take part in a a Minecraft group or something, there's still a little social room to do that. And we're proud of the opportunities. Community Ed does a really great job of constantly flexing the kids' needs. So we go from football to flag football to you know, just different things that the group of kids, what do they need? And we create that program. Yeah. And I would say at the high school, I couldn't tell you how many clubs and activities we have because we have so many of them. As as uh, Principal Shaw said, you know, if a student has a great idea and they've got a staff advisor who's willing to support it and it, the club is, is something we can support, we'll do it. And uh, even at the high school level, we have anime and Dungeons and Dragons. And right, I mean, there are just a plethora of activities for our students to engage in. And that, again, gets to the earlier point of in order to transition kids from this notion of attending to this space of belonging, we have to have spaces for them to feel as though they belong. And so we want to embrace our students' desires to create things that are going to be uh, welcoming for others in our CP family. And, you know, for me, my world was football and basketball and baseball. For someone else, it isn't that at all. And yet we want our students to wake up every morning with this this idea that they're about to head to this place that they love going to for eight hours of their day, right? And that that they're fulfilled when they come here, not just from an educational perspective, but from an experience perspective. Because we also know that one part of this experience is the educational side of the books and the learning. It's the other parts of this, as Principal Shah has talked about, is the social emotional piece and this development of self. And those are the things that we really strive to have our students be able to experience. And I would tell you the things that we've really missed for kids in the last year and a half, right? We just have missed those experiential opportunities for students to grow and develop as they interact with each other in a space where they can be themselves. So I'm looking forward to that. Mike's kids are really good athletes, so maybe he could jive with me on this. But one of the cool things about middle school is that I've seen a lot of kids that do really high level sports in the community come back to the middle school level and maybe in the community they're this incredible hockey player but they've never really tried basketball but they come into the middle school level and they get to be a basketball leader you know in some of those opportunities so I agree with Mike there's so many programs when you watch a kid that is just really really quiet during the school day and you poke your head in a gym and they're taking part in archery after school You know, there's just a lot of great things for kids to come out of their shell and take those calculated risks. You know, it's it's hard to step out. I think about our theater program. We have a itty bitty little stage and, you know, kids that are just you would never guess in a million years they would be in a musical and they're just belting songs out on this little stage we have. You know, that is a place where they can take those risks and then go on to the high school and then become part of a, you know, a little more intensity, a little more structured program. So we, we work with each other well in that regard, too. Kids can find their groove. And then I also think the high school offers some more opportunities to take that next step with ability and, and some of those other things. And you're right. And as you get to the high school, you're able to even level those experiences more, right? You can be really engaged in theater and, and play a role in theater from somebody who helps construct sets to somebody who's the lead role 
And uh, there are varying levels of involvement in choir and orchestra and band, right, that can really take you kind of as far as you want to go. And those are the things that we really take pride in, right, is, is giving kids the opportunity to excel and have a fantastic experience, whatever it is they have an interest in. And, and to a degree, Tom is right, middle school is that opportunity to experience some things that you ultimately might be able to have this opportunity to have a capstone experience at the high school level. I've been so impressed by being in both of your buildings and just seeing all of the cool things every day that happen, whether it's like videos that students make with technology or students interacting in the hallways in the seven minutes of passing time or whatever. It's just really fun to be a part of the community of your school and to see all of the awesome things that happen each day. And then for students to have a niche or have somewhere that they feel like they belong to and have a connection of students that are maybe similar to them or maybe different to them but to have just a group of people that they can come together with. And I think those opportunities that both middle school and high school provide are pretty amazing. Parents, track how your student is doing using the ParentView app for your phone or website. It's a great way to keep connected with your student's progress. Communicate with teachers, check grades, course history, graduation requirements, and attendance using this tool. If you do not have ParentView, please contact 763-506-4357 for assistance. Access to written instructions can be found in the podcast description. Before the break, we were talking about students transitioning into the school. What does a school day look like? and different ways to be involved. Now we're going to talk a little bit about ways for parents to feel like they're in the loop because we know in elementary school you have one or two teachers and the parents email you and you maybe get a newsletter, things home in the backpack, your weekly folder. When you go to middle school, a lot of those things change and then high school it changes even more. So Tom, would you talk a little bit about the communication flow for parents when you transition to the middle school? How can parents feel like they're still in the loop, even though they're not getting the daily newsletter or daily information from teachers? Sure. I uh, would say that the responsibility increases from elementary to middle school, and it does from middle school to high school, too. Though the responsibility increases, it's still on the professionals in the building to kind of support that and to teach those skills and things like that for the kids. But sometimes what I think is that you know technology is not always a blessing. It's a challenge sometimes. But in this case, I would tell every parent in all our schools to be on parent view. It's an incredible tool. When we sit around the dinner table at night, and I'm trying to start a conversation with my son about academics. It's brutal sometimes. Like it's horrible. But yeah, yeah. And it's just silence, right? <laughs> and one of the ways I can really just dig in is ask him about, hey, I noticed when I was looking at your grades today, you did a history project that had to do with the Roaring Twenties. Can you tell me more about that? So you're kind of checking up on them and also trying to start that conversation with, you know, middle school kids are always the greatest at that kind of stuff. But it's a way to it's a way to track along. There's great tools to communicate directly for the teacher. You know, teachers are really good about communicating with parents, but you know, when they have 150 kids in their classes, sometimes parents are just quicker and better at asking that question of, hey, I noticed this. Can you tell me more about it? And, you know, we really pride ourselves on having a good communication structure of having grades updated. The teachers do a phenomenal job of that. It's just so different. We're almost to the point, parent-teacher conferences, the parent is armed with all the information when they come to parent-teacher conferences. They know the grade. They know the attendance. They know everything. And so you get to focus on, sit down with that teacher and say, what's my kid like as a person in class? 
which is kind of a shift. You know, it used to be sit down, you know, tell me what assignments are missing and tell me how they're doing great or how did they get that A or whatever. And now it's much more of, I've seen all the grades online. Just tell me what's my kid like as a person in class? How are they interacting with their peers? It's kind of been a neat shift. The other thing I'll give ourselves a, a plug for a little bit is social media. Social media is a great way to get a window in the classroom. You know, when we're posting pictures on Facebook and stuff, we really try to focus on here's a science lab we're doing. Here's a sporting thing we're doing. Here's what it looks like in the halls and things like that. And so the world has gotten and school's gotten a lot smaller because that window for parents and guardians has gotten a lot more accessible. You know, once again, those things are both a blessing and a curse at times, but you might as well be an optimist and talk about the positives that we have them in front of us. That's right, Tom. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of blessing and curse from both a parent and a principal's perspective, uh, some of the asks is to have patience, right? In both Tom and I's life as principals, there was not nearly the amount of immediate access that there is now. And so while people have access to this information, the information isn't always live, right? It's not always immediate. And so what I've had to learn with my own child is I use the AH Connect as an opportunity to ask questions not make determinations, right? And so sometimes there's things in a grade book that show up that they're missing or they're not there, but the assignment hasn't been done, but it's been entered into a grade book. And I'm sure families who are listening right now have looked over the Google Classroom stuff and had lots of conversations with their kids about stuff that's missing. And you're in this, do I believe the app or do I believe my child? <laughs> Lean on believing your child until that's there for a bit, but always be patient and don't ever hesitate to reach out to the staff if you have questions. You can also be invited to get alerts if assignments actually are missing. And I found those things to be very helpful, as Tom said, just being able to keep up on things with the progress of my own students and helping also to help our, our families navigate that process as well. I also think this is a, maybe a bit unconventional, but we talk a little bit about teachers and staff bonding with kids all the time. But I'd encourage parents and find that teacher you really connect with and connect with them, not only academically with your kid, but sometimes they have inside information about the school. You know, things like, hey, my kid's having trouble getting to lunch. And oh yeah, lunchtime is one of those times that a lot of kids struggle with this, this, and this. They're stopping at their locker too much or whatever the case may be. There are a lot of adults that parents can get to know, music teachers that may have some really great ideas about renting instruments or something like that. And don't be afraid to ask those questions and create that bond with that staff member because, you know, we have secretaries and we have teachers and we have advocates in the building that know our building end to end and, and sometimes have a really cool perspective on it. And making that relationship a lot of times just makes school a lot easier to manage when you trust someone and you can ask them a question. So. Mm -hmm. I wanted to revisit two of the things that both of you mentioned. So Tom, you mentioned Parent View, which is an app you can get on your phone that you can then log in to see what grades you, your student has. You can see their teachers. You can communicate with teachers through Parent View. And then Mike mentioned AH Connect, which you can log into online. And there's different apps that you can click on in AH Connect, which also has Parent View. It's where you load money for lunches. So there's two different ways to access the information. And if you need that information, we'll link it into the bio for today's podcast if you're looking about how to be able to access those things. And what's crazy, Liz, about both those things is, Mike said this earlier, the kids are better at it than I am. Oh, totally. The kids yes. know how to get see their grades and they can walk their parents through stuff. So it's a great opportunity for you to sit down and have your kids show you something because they can do it. They're, they're uh, really good at it. My kids know way more than me about all of that stuff every time. They get like annoyed with me like, mom, you don't know how to do that. And then they do it really fast. 
what about ways for parents to be involved? I know, Tom, you were kind of talking about finding a teacher and having a relationship with a teacher, but what are some ways at middle school or high schools that parents can be involved? Well, for a lot of years at the middle school level, we really tried to have this physical group of adults come to a table and sit down. And it was, it was just a struggle because people are so darn busy and they have so many things going on in their lives. And so what we've really moved to the last, I'd say two years, we've gotten a lot stronger at it, is we're engaging parents a lot more with online, with Google Forms and things like that. We'll just explicitly ask them questions, you know, things like, do you feel welcome when you walk through the front doors at Coon Rapids Middle School is one. Straight out, do you feel welcome? What do you see when you come in? You know, we'll ask them about communication. We asked parents, this is one where it kind of showed where we're at in society. We asked parents, well, what's your favorite form of communication as a parent. And we thought we were going to get one form. Oh no, some people like social media, some people like email, some people like phone calls. And so what we found out is that we have to do a lot of those things <laughs> as much as we can to serve the different needs of our parents. And this is like Mike said, you just have to be patient with us. It's so fast and it moves so furious. At the end of the day, we do the very best we can and connect. But when we're connecting with parents, a lot of time, with their busy schedules and everything, they're going to sports and they're going to, you know, maybe some religious stuff and things like that after school. And they're working a couple of jobs sometimes. We're really doing a lot more online. I'm really excited about connecting with them with a Google chat kind of thing too, where we can meet online and uh, get some more of that going. We had our first try of conferences that way. We had more parents show up for conferences virtually than we've had in the past. And that's exciting to get better at that. Yeah, and I guess that when you say be involved, there are a variety of different ways to be involved, right? There's the involvement in your child's academics and classroom, which are things that Tom and I have talked about. I know this both from a parent and a principal perspective, that as kids get in further in their educational career, the actual need to feel involved in your students' school life gets less. And uh, that's because as adults, we're giving our kids some latitude and some freedom. They're getting older, they're making decisions. And yet we would also say, these are your babies, right? And we know that. And we're charged with taking care of your babies. So if you have questions, we, again, we would always encourage you to call. The teacher is usually the first great person to approach if you have a classroom question, right? And then you can always utilize the resources we have with counselors and administrators, et cetera. But not just, again, involving yourself with regard to uh, your student, but thinking about the whole larger school community, participating in being present at uh, theater events and concerts and sporting events that take place, you know, that's really how to engage yourself in the process. And as you, as the adult, engage yourself in the process, so too might your kid if your child is not. And it helps you, I think, associate a little bit better as the parent or guardian about what is the kind of the culture and climate of the school as you get to experience all of these other things. And parents and guardians oftentimes rarely get to experience the school with the exception of when they come for a conferences or an event if their kid's involved in something in orientation. And yet they might hear something that could totally change their perspective of the school, right? And so the more that you invest as the adults in being engaged in the space and supporting the school, the better our schools will be. And the other part of that too, then, is, as Thomas said, this is being open to sharing your feedback, both from a positive and suggestive perspective, but also from a, hey, this is something we experienced that didn't go so well. Here's something we'd like to offer. The best conversation I had with a parent this last year we were asking our parents, we were following the high schools, and we were opening up our advanced courses to everybody. We no longer had kind of scores to qualify you. 
And we just shot something out to parents. And I heard from a parent that I probably never would have heard from in a million years, but we had that ease of communication through technology. And she shared her story with me and her daughter's story through elementary. And it just was really persuasive. And I shared it with a committee that decided ultimately to open these courses for everybody because her daughter's story was all about achieving to this high, high level that she felt at times she couldn't reach because of, you know, some barriers that are in the way. And it was just a great, rich conversation I never would have had because one parent went onto Facebook and said, hey, do you have a minute to talk to me about this? I have a story to tell you. I think both of you do just a great job of building connections and relationships. I know a lot of times you do support parents as difficult things do happen at the middle school or high school level or just both open to having a conversation because I feel like we learn more by what our parents and our students tell us and that makes us better as well. I would say on communication too, that if parents are frustrated, it's the best time to communicate. That's when you got to reach out and really share with us how you feel because that's when we're building those bridges and we'll listen to you. Be a partner with the school. We're pulling for kids. And we know sometimes some of these things, whether it's grades or after school activities and stuff, seeking that information can be frustrating. So give us a call. Our staff members are okay with talking to people that maybe are a little frustrated and just need some information. I've been frustrated as a parent. It just happens. I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh, parenting is hard and you don't always know all the parts. And then your kids tell you something and you hear something and you just need to talk to someone about it. Yeah. And when you get all the information, it seems to change your perspective. Right. You know, when I talk when I talk to Mike, the principal, he's suddenly I'm getting this fuller picture and I'm changing my mind on things. Yeah, and it is unique. And I think it's important for parents and guardians to understand that Tom and I and Liz, you too, right? We're in this as educators and employees of this district. We know what we know. But I have struggles at times navigating the system as a parent. Mm -hmm. And I have to call Principal Shaw and say, hey, what's going on with my son when he was there? Right. I mean, there are things that we also need help with. And so partnership is a really important thing. And I think the other thing that really is a strong suit of our district is, is that the people who are in decision making positions, you know, we also have stake in the game. None of us will make a decision that we don't believe is good for our own kid. If it's not good enough for our own kid, it's not good for somebody else's kid, right? And so we really take pride in making decisions that are family-based, that are good decisions that we can hang our hat on both as parents and guardians and as administrators and school district employees. I know you always think that your kid's not going to do that, and then they do. And then you have to have a conversation with the teacher or the principal about your own kid, and you're kind of humbled by the experience, especially working in the district that your kids go to school in. And I think that gives you a great lens of having that partnership to say, can you help me? I'm struggling with this or we're struggling with this. What tips or suggestions do you have? And I felt from my experience that we've been really lucky to have supportive administrators and supportive teachers that have really helped our family navigate school. And I'll speak for myself. I'm not a principal of a high school because school was great for me. School was a great place for me in a lot of ways, but I struggled in a lot of ways in different ways. And uh, my hope is to be able to create a space where if this is the only space that a kid feels like they can thrive, then let them be here, right? And that we have got access for our students and families to excel and be prepared. Because when they get here, there's only four years left yes. of their educational journey, right? And so the goal is, is to get our kids to the point where they find themselves and they start to determine a pathway. And it's not 
a college pathway, right? It's a post-secondary pathway, which could include college. We would love that or a two-year tech school or an apprenticeship Mm -hmm. or whatever that may be. But our job is to make sure that we have kids prepared for life when they leave us here, whatever that path of uh, contribution as our next generation of leaders will look like. As we wrap up our podcast today, can either of you give any tips or takeaway for parents as their students transition to middle school or high school? I know we've talked about a lot of different things today. Some takeaways I have that you guys both talked about were connecting with the teacher, maybe finding an activity or a club or something to belong to, and then also for parents and students to really find a partner or to find a staff person that they feel a connection with to really have a, a person or an adult that cares for them and that they can reach out to if they have questions. But knowing that, are there any additional takeaways or tips for parents as we wrap up our podcast? You know, I was nervous as my kid going from elementary to middle school, and honestly, for my kid going to middle school to high school too. And I just want to reiterate that our staff are transition experts, especially the sixth and the ninth grade teachers. They're experts, and they just want to make kids feel like a million bucks. And you know what? Sometimes kids cry, and they're sad, and they're scared, and sometimes kids blossom. And this freedom shows things about their personality that you've never seen before. But we want all of our kids to do well, and all of our kids have talent. And that's how we start. And so when you're dropping them off at the front door at middle school on that first day, we have a well-thought-out plan to help every kid. No matter what that kid is asking or questioning or how confident they are, we have a plan. And when you have 1,600 kids going into a middle school, the plan's not always doesn't look like it's there, right? But it is there. You know, we have a plan in starting the day in our advisory class and mentoring them. We have Falcon friends that give them a tour of the building on that first day. And we have a plan for dismissal so that they safely get on the bus. We're well thought out professionals and we care a lot about kids. And the other part is, I'll just end with this, is that kids are strong. You know, I worry about my son, I drop him off, and then I see strength Mm -hmm. in him that I've never seen before. Even if your child is quiet and seems reserved, they have a lot of strength. And we capitalize on that strength. We know our kids are strong, and they're going to do a great job um, when they come to middle school. So don't worry. We're here for you, and we love you. So that's how I would end. Yeah, and I would say take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves before the school year starts. The transition opportunities, the opportunities to join your student in school during open houses orientations, to go check out the lockers. Take advantage of all of those things because there's a good chance you as the parent or guardian are actually filled with more anxiety than your child is, right? True. And so if you can feel better about the space you're sending your kid in because you're able to process when your child comes home and says, well, I went down this hallway and you can relate to that, that will help at home. And so again, I would say take advantage and your child might tell you nobody's going to web or nobody's going to link. Guess what? They are. (laughs) And so our schools average at least 80, 85, 90% of our students in the class come into those things. And so that has proven it's been in the district now for well over 15 years, I believe is from a programmatic perspective. And that's because it, it has merit. It's probably one of the longest standing programs around because it has merit for what it does for kids. And kids know that because they then get into the role of being a web leader and a link leader later on in their career. So again, closing point for me is take advantage of the school opportunities for your students to visit school and you, the adult, uh, to visit. And I'm sure you guys will have all those dates connected with this podcast, but always call the school. 
there's busing, there's a snack, there's everything's figured out. You don't have to worry about a thing and your kid's going to have a great day. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your wisdom about middle school and high school. And there's lots of stuff that happens that we didn't even get to cover today. It's really nice to see you and thank you for your time. Thanks for the opportunity, Liz. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you to all the parents and guardians who are listening tonight and for your support. Thanks for trusting us with your children. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening. This resource is produced as a partnership between the Anoka Hennepin Parent Engagement Program and Student Services Department. Be sure to check out additional episodes in the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. For more information or to share feedback, visit ahschools.us slash parentengage360.